Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 24th episode of the Believe in the Long Run podcast. I am your host, Dom Santina, joining you once again. And we'd like to thank Lisa Taylor, the executive director of the Traverse City Track Club, for joining us in last week's episode. If you did not take a listen to episode 23, go back and listen to episode that episode. It was a great one, a good in-depth interview about what the track club is having to deal with right now and what they feature if you're in the northern Michigan area. And I thought it was just interesting to give another perspective of the running community. Of course, you can find all of our previous episodes on any of your favorite podcast platforms, such as Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and of course, Believe.com, or wherever you're listening to this current episode. Just scroll down the page and click on episode 23. That's one of quite a few that we've had that have been high-quality interviews. So check them out. Feel free to subscribe and share the podcast with your friends and family. And, of course, leave a review or comment on what you think about the episodes. You can also share your thoughts on our social media platforms. We are on Twitter and Instagram. We're on Twitter at the Long Run 5 and we are on Instagram at Believe in the Long Run. You can find those two social media pages, subscribe, like, share, and of course comment on those as well. We post all of our episode previews on there and tell you what the episode is going to be about and who is on it as well. So with that being said, we're going to move into our warm-up session for episode 24 and we're going to preview two races that I talked about last week. We have the Emma Colburn Elk Run 5K. You can find it at elkrun5k.com. Go subscribe. Go sign up. I believe it was $35 to sign up and run. There's tons of apparel that she's selling and it's going quick as well. So go check that out. Sign up. Register and run that race. It has gone virtual. And then there's also the Virtual Run Across America where they are trying to get the biggest virtual race in history, um, having people run from different areas around the country at the same time. So you can go check that out as well. We'll try to get those links up as well. That's something that I can put on my to-do list for our social media as well. We got some big news that's breaking. I'm hoping to try to catch up with another episode. It wouldn't be the ideal episode for number 25, but I think we're going to catch up because I've heard some news about some more races and things going on. So look towards the end of this week for another episode and we'll get ourselves caught up and on track because we missed an episode a few weeks back. So we'll get caught up and can't believe episode 25 will be the next one. We're making our way. But we do have a great guest joining the podcast again. I'm glad she decided to join the show. She was a four-year letter winner in cross-country and track at Manistee High School. She was Miss Michigan Track and Field in 2015 and named Gatorade Track and Field Player of the Year in 2015, a four-time All-State honoree in cross-country, four-time state champion in the 800 meter, which... That was my favorite race in high school as well. 
three-time state champion in the 1600 meter from 2013 to 2015, state runner-up in the 1600 as a freshman, competed at the 800 meter at the New Balance Nationals with a time of 2:11, and placed fifth in the one mile at the Brooks PR in Seattle, Washington. She then went on to Michigan State University where she was a multi-time, all-academic, all-Big Ten. She won a few NCAA All-Region All-American honors, a U.S. TFCCCA All-Academic team few times. She was an NCAA All-American in 2019 and 2020. Some of her times were in the 800. She got a career best in college of 208. Her mile time, she got down to 435. Her 1500 was 417, and her 3K time was a 921. Her name is Annie Fuller. She's from the northern Michigan region. Well, northwest Michigan region, I should say. She ran at Michigan State. Like I said, she was part of a Big Ten championship team in 2019. She really went there to focus on track, but also decided to end up running cross-country, and she's got a story of how her perspective on cross country really changed. And she's got some interesting prospects going for her as she looks to finish up her last collegiate season this spring. So it's a really good interview. Once again, want to thank her for joining the podcast. And let's get you to the interview. So let's welcome Annie Fuller. First question, how did you find running, or how did you get into running? Yeah, so my dad was the coach at Central Michigan um, for cross country, and he always, um, my mom was in a residency program at the time, and so he would always bring me, have to bring me to work with him, and I just found myself like running around the track and having him time me for you know, like little 100-meter dashes um, or one lap around the 200-meter track and stuff like that. And so I just kind of, I grew up around it and fell in love with it. And when my mom and dad would go to road races, I would do all the fun runs and then eventually started doing the road races with them. Um, and so that's kind of how I, how I became um, the runner I am today. Now, if I read your bio correctly on the website it said your dad also coached you in high school yeah yeah so he coached me um my last two years of high school which was awesome um because he i mean nobody knows me better than my parents and so he always encouraged me to um you know keep a low mileage just injury prevention having fun with the sport was huge for him because he knew you know, you have these high schoolers who run 80 miles a week and come into college and are just already, like, ready to be done with the sport. So I was really lucky to have somebody who has kind of, like, seen the um, college part of it and also just a coach who knows me as his daughter as well as as an athlete. So that was awesome. So you just mentioned that your mileage was a little bit lower. So when you were in high school, what were you normally running? Weekly or daily or Um, however you want to look at it. So, definitely in high school, especially, like, 
my first couple of years, it was very, very low, like maybe 20, 25 miles a week. Um, as I kind of progressed a little bit, I got up to maybe around 30 and then 40. Um, my senior year, I think the most I ever ran was 45 miles in one week. And that was pretty, that was pretty high for me. So, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't much at all. Now, while you were in high school, on the track side of things, you've competed in quite a few, like, major track meets, like the New Balance Nationals, the Brooks PR in Seattle. What were those meets like? Yeah, um, those were super awesome. I, I kind of wish I would have done a little bit more of them, but at the same time, um, it was really nice to kind of end my senior year with those kind of big meets. But just especially Brooks PR, even just going and kind of seeing um, that there's like so much competition around the nation and just being in a race with girls who are, you know, at the same level and better than you um, was a really awesome experience. And then on top of that, you know, you get to meet like you get to meet the people that they are, not just the athletes that they are and race against them um, and kind of realize, wow, like these people are pretty cool and. Um, it kind of, having that Brooks PR and my senior season got me really excited for college and college racing and immersing myself into, um, you know, a much higher level of competition. So it was a, it was an awesome move to kind of get me ready for that. What made you choose Michigan State? Um, yeah, so I, I visited four schools. Um, I visited the University of Michigan and then I also went down south and visited LSU and Texas A&M. And I felt that MSU was going to be the place that was my home away from home. Um, my parents asked me, you know, this is four or five years of your life. You want to be comfortable and you want to have a community that's going to be, you know, like we are at home. And I truly felt that just the coaches cared about me as parents and my my soon to be teammates would be you know those brothers and sisters for me so and I definitely got that experience there so it was it was just an awesome experience at MSU and continues to be with um all these girls racing around me um and teammates that care about me so much so kind of jumping back to high school but it kind of ties the two in um in division three and I believe you were in our region as well um, for regionals because yeah. we had the – our region was called the region of doom, but um, you had yeah, some – I think so. Yeah, you had some pretty tough competition, and a couple of them would actually come to be your teammates. But yeah. Holly Bola, Amber Way, and then Kayla Keene, who ended up going to Michigan, what was it like running against some of them? Yeah, so honestly, I would get like so excited when I would get to race them because it, it really would only be, you know, like maybe one or two meets before um, like regionals and then state that I would get an opportunity to race them. So I would just get excited that, you know, finally I have um, some people I can like race against and um, see like see where we're all at with, um, with our fitness. So I would be just super excited to race with them. And then also just 
I, I mean, I remember me and Holly would warm up together, and when we both ran that really fast mile at um, Traverse City my senior year, we just we warmed up together, and then we raced together, we pulled down together, and then we ran the 800 together. It, it, it was just a really awesome, you know, like you think you're going to hate your competition, but it really just wasn't like that, and so I think that's why um, – we were all just amazing teammates later on when it came to MSU. It was like we weren't ever really competitors. Yeah, I remember thinking back on it. Um, you know, Holly was always one of the favorites for cross country, but when it came to track, your name was at the top of the list, and everyone was <laughs> was was looking at you to see if they could to get you. But um, so I was reading up a little bit. When you went to Michigan State, you were kind of more focused on track than cross country. Yeah, I think it was just honestly a mixture of the fact that I raced really, really well in track in high school. I never really had any standout cross-country seasons. Um, The highest I had placed was third at the state meet, which by no means is bad at all. But, um, you know, at the level I wanted to be at in track, I was just um, so much more... uh, fit I guess and so anyways to to kind of overcome that mental side of things is I think really what um set me to get into cross country and you know I always just thought it was a very very long race um and looked at it in every negative way I could and then I actually was hurt for an entire year, my third year of college, and didn't get to race my entire third year at all. And so coming off of that and getting ready to run cross country that summer, I you know, just put my head down and went to work. And when I towed the line for my first race in cross country, I was just more excited than anything, not not dreading how long it was. I was just so excited to race. It didn't matter that it was, you know, a 5K and not an 800. I was just very, very excited to have that opportunity to race again. And I think that's mostly what it was, was just a mental barrier to kind of overcome and decide, hey, like, this is actually kind of fun. Like, why am I why am I deciding that I don't want to do this sport? So. Yeah, I feel like at the moment injuries suck, but in the long run it kind of re-motivates you to get back and kind of realize how much you enjoy what you do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, it was it was an awful experience that entire year to be hurt and um, have to go through the entire majority of the year not competing and doing what I love, but coming out on the other side of it I honestly wouldn't have it any other way. I think it kind of transformed me into the athlete I am today. So I'm going to kind of, I'll keep the question, but I'm going to add one in here now. Because you have been directly impacted by this pandemic. And we were talking about it before we started the interview. But you're headed back to Michigan State for graduate school. But you still have some eligibility left as well, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. I have indoor um, track and then outdoor track. So, we were talking about it. What does that, with the fall being canceled, what does that, is there anything you know on impacting track at all or no? 
Um, I'm not sure on track yet. Um, I do know that there's lots of options that we're going to have um, moving forward this fall season, whether we even are on campus or not or practicing together as a team or not. Um, it's, it's still there's a lot of unknowns. And so I know we're talking with our um, entire team on Thursday. Um, we're having a Zoom meeting, and then I'm having a chat with my coaches eventually um, about, you know, just how things are going to look moving forward. And unfortunately, I think there's just still a lot of a lot of unknowns with it. So I guess the better question would have been was, did you have another, you didn't mention it, I know we talked about you didn't get another, you weren't granted another year of eligibility. Was that for cross country then? Yes, that was for cross country. Um, so because I was injured that full year, we applied for a medical redshirt year, and they granted me indoor track and outdoor track, but not cross country. So I know you're not done, and hopefully for everyone's sake this all ends and we can get back to running and get things back yeah. to normal. But what has been your favorite memory so far at Michigan State? Um, hands down, my favorite memory has to be us winning the Big Ten Championship um, this past cross-country season in 2019. Yeah, 2019. Um, it was just such an awesome experience in every race leading up to it. Um, I feel we all just grew closer and closer as a team. And we were all racing, you know, toward one goal and for each other. And I remember that just being so powerful um, in every race I had, even as an individual, just knowing, okay, like, my team's with me, like, I'm doing it for them. Um, my place isn't for me right now. I'm not doing this for me. Um, just those kind of thoughts were the thoughts going through my head. And it was, it was just such a awesome racing experience to be racing for other people instead of just for yourself and then when we were able to finally um pull that big 10 championship off it was just one of the coolest things ever um and just sharing that moment with all my closest teammates and um friends was just awesome yeah i would definitely imagine that probably tops the list now, you decided to study human biology. What interests you about that? Um, yeah, so I think, I'm not sure why that's still on my profile, but I went in my freshman year with that as my major um, because I wanted to go into medicine. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. And I honestly still kind of do, but I'm just kind of moving through all the moving parts right now and kind of figuring out um, with athletics where I want that to take me right now. And so I, I changed my major my sophomore year to kinesiology, and that allows me to kind of have a lot more options going into um, that realm of things. And I did end up still taking all the required classes for medical school, so if I want to go back there later on, I definitely can do that. But um, now I'm going to graduate school for um, kinesiology, and I'm going to get a master's in exercise physiology. So that kind of stuff has just, like, carried on, like, throughout all of my athletics, and I find it very, very interesting, um, all the moving parts of that, like VO2 max and 
heart rate and lactate thresholds. Um, it directly pertains to, you know, everything I'm doing every day, um, athletics wise. And so that's something that has just kept me really interested in, um, in school. Yeah. I was going to say, does that, can you, does that help you with your training or running or can you see a difference or does it, you know, does it impact how you're training at all? Yeah, I would, I would definitely say it, it makes me more aware of certain things, um, for sure. Like going for a run and, you know, realizing, oh shoot, like this is supposed to be an easy run and my heart rate's at 170. Um, you know, like stuff like that. It's, it's kind of made me more aware, but sometimes it gets me into a little trouble with like, um, just coaching dynamics because sometimes I, you know, I feel like I, I know a lot and that's kind of hard when, um, you, you know, you have conflicting opinions, but it's just kind of funny. Yeah, I get, I get that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you're, you just came off swimming today. Are you, training for a future triathlon or just doing some cross training or what's your summer training been in, been up to um yeah so i because i went through that injury i'm really i'm i'm never going to be able to have a high mileage and get that aerobic base that i need to have in order to be at the elite level of running i want and so we kind of implemented a ton of cross training into my everyday routine and once that happened I kind of was like wow like I'm I'm doing these three sports already anyways like I might as well try a triathlon like that sounds really fun and so I did one last summer and I honestly fell in love with it and had more fun in that race than I've had in any sort of like track or cross country race in my life and so I decided to look into the sport and see kind of like what my options were with that. And I ended up coming into contact with a program called the um, college recruitment program. And that's through USA triathlon. And so um, they actually have had um, 80% of the people who are in our world triathlon team and Olympic triathlon team, um, come through that program. So I've been, um, training in Utah for the summer, um, for triathlon with a team, um, to kind of just move me forward in that direction. And so I'm going to continue to train until, you know, I I have some sort of clarity with what's going on for, um, running wise. Yeah, I was following your, social media i saw the uh pictures out in utah that's pretty cool so that's the plan going forward is to kind of work towards that yeah so we actually just found out we're gonna have a race in late september which is awesome because it's just been forever since we've been able to race and i'm gonna go out there with the team i've been training with and do my first um draft legal um elite triathlon and so that'll be really fun and a kind of a baseline of where I'm at with the sport and um just continue moving forward with that but eventually my goals with it are um you know eventually this year to get my elite card or pro card and be able to race with some of the best and just um have fun and move up in the rankings as much as I can well that's awesome good luck thank you you're welcome all right we'll have one more question just kind of a lighthearted question what other than 
running, swimming, and biking, in your case, what do you like to do or enjoy? Um, I really enjoy cooking. Uh, <laughs> it relaxes me a lot, and I, I've just found it to be like one of one of the funnest things to um, do when you get home. It's you have a whole day of training, and you know you're kind of tired, and um, you don't feel like you know doing any more exercise. I feel like a lot of people would say, "I like hiking. I like you know." being outdoors sometimes i just like to sit in my kitchen and cook or bake all right well actually hang on one more question and this one might yeah. be a little bit of a tough one so if you need a minute take your time if there is one thing that you've taken away from your running experience what would it be i would honestly say to i've taken away that you have to kind of love what you're doing and have fun with what you're doing or you're not going to perform the way that you want to perform. Um, I think I went through um, some droughts my sophomore year and then into my junior year where I just, I didn't really know what I was doing it for anymore. And I kind of realized that if I quit, I was still going to do it anyways because I loved doing it and just kind of rediscovering that love and um, having fun with the sport is something that I've definitely like found is essential in kind of anything in life. Just, just loving what you're doing. That is, I agree with that 100%. That is so accurate. <laughs> so, all right. That was the last question. Thank you for taking time to join us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much. It was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. All right, we'd once again like to thank Annie Fuller for taking time out of her day to join our podcast and talk about a few things. I think it's really cool what she's looking into about becoming a triathlon athlete and hope that works out for her and hopefully she gets to finish up what she started at Michigan State in the spring as well. We're going to move to our cool-down portion of the podcast, and we're going to continue with our mental health topic that we started last month. We're going to continue it here into the month of August. And these tips, or really kind of informational statistics or facts about what running can do to help your mental health come from Cigna.com and it talks about um, running can actually help you to sleep better and get to sleep faster. It says for people with insomnia, moving around five to six hours before bedtime raises the body's core temperature. When the body temp drops back to normal a few hours later, it signals at the body that it's time to sleep. So by running a ways before you go to bed, it gets your heart rate up, it gets your body temperature up, and then when you kind of relax and calm down, it tells your body it's time to go to bed, which is maybe why after we race or go for a long run, that an hour or two after you feel really tired, it's because your body has now cooled down, and you're ready to relax, and you exerted yourself, so now you need to rest and recover, and that could be sleeping. It also helps you feel become more productive. 
Sometimes if you feel unmotivated, the best thing you can do is go out there and run. Research shows that if you take time for exercise on a regular basis, you are more productive and have more energy than people who are less productive, which I totally agree. I feel like when I'm dedicated to my training and on it, I'm productive because when I come back, I know I got this, this, and this to do. And I've been in a slump lately where I haven't been very motivated to get out and run. And I feel like that has also affected some of the things I do where I feel like, oh, I can do this later or I don't need to get it done right now. So running definitely can help you stay productive as well. And finally, it also helps you become more creative. You can feel the boost from the heart pumping on your run. Nearly two hours after you're done running. And by getting out and running and getting some fresh air, it helps refresh your brain and get things flowing and more blood flow. And that can help you kind of find a new path to come up with new ideas or think about things. You know, they talk about when you sit and stare at work too long, you need to get out and kind of give yourself a break. Well, what other better break is there than you get out and go for a run so next time if you're working from home which a lot of us are at this time if you feel like you can't or you feel like you're kind of stuck at what you're doing and you can't think of solutions to a problem or what you need to do on your lunch break maybe get up go for a run shower come back get back to work and see if it uh, helps you out with your problem those are just a few things that running can do to help your mental health on a consistent basis now this next rule is rule number 17 of our 25 golden rules that were brought to us by runners world that i found and this one it's funny how i go down the list and it seems like every once in a while an interview i do lines up perfectly with the rule that we're on now mind you it's not like i'm skipping around on rules i'm literally just going down the list of 25 and going in numerical order but I looked at this one and I'm like what is this one about this week lines up perfectly with any fuller story and the rule is don't just run it says runners who only run are prone to injury cross training and weight training will make you a stronger and healthier runner says finalk.com coach Chris Surhout long and non-impact sports like biking and swimming will help you build supporting muscles used in running while also giving your primary muscles a rest. And what did Annie Fuller find out if you listened, which you should have if you're listening to this part of the podcast. She said she was injury, she had a big injury. They figured that she would never really be able to quite handle all the high intensity miles that normally comes with running. So what has she been doing? Biking and swimming. Right there, just in that quote. And in that rule, Annie Fuller is putting it into effect. She had an amazing cross-country season last year. And now she's looking at being a triathlon athlete and training hard to work at that. And I would assume her goal is to make the Olympics. I mean, whose goal isn't to make the Olympics? And she's doing just what she said. She's felt healthier. She's felt better. It says the one sure exception 
is if your time is limited, devote most of it to running, but be sure to carve out a few minutes each week for core and strength training. Now, when I was running cross-country in college, we focused a ton on core and strength training. We just did general strength training sessions like push-ups and planks and leg swings and all different sorts of things. But I think it definitely helped with injury prevention. Now, I wasn't very, I didn't have many, I really didn't have a injury in high school when it came to running. But I also wasn't running as much as I should have been in high school. I feel like we could have had, I should have been running more miles for my talent level. But when I got to college, my first two years, I had a tendonitis in my ankle and I had a, my a knee injury flare up. And then once we started doing general strength that third year and fourth year, I was running nearly triple the mileage I was running in high school and having no issues. So general strength and for runners, number one, core is the most important. And I know as I make the transition now from a, from running as a collegiate athlete to the coaching realm, that's one thing that I make sure I focus on as well is definitely core and I like to include general strength as well and I use some of those workouts that we did in college and transfer them down to the teams I'm working on and if I continue coaching on in the future that's something I'm going to work on as well so get some core workouts in do some push-ups do some pull-ups do some stretching all of it is important like I said, we never did the biking or swimming unless we had an injury that we needed to. So it's up to you. But if you're feeling like you're getting really injured, it might be better to do some of those other things. If you feel like you're handling the mileage right, just make sure you do the simple stuff. It doesn't have to be long. I think our, our general strength was maybe 10 minutes long. Just do some stuff and do it on a consistent basis to where it's going to benefit you. And I think it pays off, you know, especially core. It helps in your stamina and your overall running as well. So stay on it. Incorporate it if you're not doing it. And it pays off, believe me. It pays off. Guys, that's going to wrap it up for episode 24. Like I said, I am dead set on getting another podcast out. It may be a shorter one at the end of the week. But there is some stuff that I feel like we need to talk about. I always feel like the interviews are 10 times more entertaining than me sitting on the microphone talking, but it's going to probably be me just talking on the microphone about some news and things going on that we've kind of passed up on, but I feel like I've piled up enough information now that I can give an entertaining talk and kind of update everyone on what's going on as we continue on a daily basis to have changes in our industry and what's going on so once again go check out our social media believe in the long run on instagram and the long run five on twitter we'll update you on our podcast episodes when we get that next episode out update you on those two races that i mentioned earlier i will also make sure to get that on our social media this time earlier than I did the last time I said I was going to get a race sign up on there. And then go check out our podcast platforms. If you're listening to us on a site, just scroll down, check out our 
late our previous episodes, we've had a lot of good interviews. Any Fuller's thrown in here in the mix as well now is another good one. We had Lisa Taylor last week. She was a great interview. I think two or three weeks ago now we had Dave Hudson. He was a fantastic interview. We've had Leah O'Connor. We've had Sarah Kroll. All of them have been good interviews. I feel like the more I get into it, they get even better because I'm learning what questions to ask and how to ask them. Don't forget we've had Coach Grant Loftel at Wayne State University as well. So we've had a lot of good people on the podcast already. We're trying to build the base and build it up. My goal is to get some of the premier runners on this podcast eventually. And hopefully sooner rather than later we can get there. But it's going to be a process. Thank you for sticking through it. Hope you enjoyed this one. And look for our upcoming episodes as well. I'm going to get out there, get some running in, and we'll talk to you next week, everybody. Or later this week, I should say. We'll talk to you whenever you tune in. We'll talk to you later this week if you check out the next episode that I want to get out here. Or next week if you wait till next Wednesday to listen to episode 26. Everyone stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.